Hey everybody, this is John Fusco, and you're listening to the No Film School Podcast. How we approach history and how we approach film are very similar. As Lazo Neems puts it, history doesn't work the way we think it works. We think we know more about these events in our past, but there's no way of ever knowing firsthand what the atmosphere at the time actually was. In much the same way, we can lean on popular conceptions of the way films should be made, or we can question the existing language of cinema and follow our own inspiration. The truth is, you don't have to start from ground zero. As a filmmaker, you are already taking in an enormous amount of influences every single day. Cinema is about your adventure. It's not about what someone tells you will work. Neems has followed his own guiding light, despite going to film school, on every project he's ever made. History is his muse, but his style comes from a curriculum which he's curated himself. This is something you can do too. Neem's debut feature, Son of Saul, earned him an Academy Award, a BAFTA, several grand jury prizes at Cannes, and dozens more prizes from around the world. His latest film, Sunset, features a stunning performance from Julie Jacob as a young milliner in Budapest before World War I, who's bent on finding out how her family lost control of their prized hat store. I sat down with both Neems and Jacob at TIFF, where we discussed making period films thrilling, ignoring your film school teachings, and much more. Enjoy. I think that I'd like to start off just, um, we very briefly touched about the name of our site, um, and you seemed yeah. to have a visceral reaction to it, uh, No Film School. Um, I agree with that, yeah. No Film School. So wh- why why do you agree with that? What, what um, in your background, I guess, uh, oh. lives to support that thesis? Well, there was a time when I thought that film schools are necessary, but then I went to one and I discovered that uh, it's much more useful that, as a filmmaker, a starting filmmaker, to... Uh, to go and see a person that you admire and and try to uh, learn uh, things uh, from that person mm. as opposed to uh, you know um, you know participate in, in 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 something which is for me actually more an industry than really uh, uh, a place where where you can uh, in a very simple way um, try to make your up your own mind about what you want to do and how you want to express yourself and um you also went to you went to screenwriting uh we were talking about this before you went to school for screenwriting and it took it was a five-year uh experience do you agree that maybe screenwriters don't need to go through the same sort of academic um rigor or uh, I attended the the Academy of Film Arts in Budapest, and uh, it, it was great. But yes, I think that three years uh, could be enough uh, for learning screenwriting, and uh, and maybe an extra two years for practicing it and to figure out how to work with directors and how to work in a crew. I, th- I think it's it's more important to be in a um, in an atmosphere. In which you you can you know just feel something of how a given creation a piece of piece of art uh, uh, is uh, re- you know brought to life. It's um, it's it's less about you know it's you have to learn the craft I think as a filmmaker and craft more and more is being forgotten now. It's it's a paradox, uh, but <laughs> but then you have to go. 
and in parallel you have to uh, you know keep a mind keep your mind you know focused on thoughts and and not about the surface you know i think that's what my you know piece of advice would be and it seems like you know uh, the craft isn't necessarily something that you need to learn at film school. This is something that you would learn from going and maybe wa- like watching other movies or like yes. talking and to people that you respect. Yes, and reading, uh, reading about films and reading about you know, uh, I, I read a lot in my uh, early days about you know film style, uh, narration in cinema, uh, film analysis, uh, and I would you know watch films and and try to. Uh, analyze them and understand how they would uh, they were made and what the strategy was behind so it's 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 i think it's very personal uh, lonely task you know for a filmmaker but it has to we have to go through uh, that period otherwise it's more about the surface and if it's only the surface it's, it becomes very superficial mm-hmm. and very self-indulgent and when you say the surface what like what do you mean exactly it, it, well first of all about what a filmmaker you know what what the filmmaker is in society it's more mm. i think uh, you know it's about power in a way right you know how many trucks can you align on the street for your film you know how yeah. many how many toys on the sh- on the shoot you can have and how many nice you know nice looking uh, pieces of camera equipment you can align it's it's i don't think it's about that i mean if if there if there has to be a, a, a guess uh, a period and but you have to go through you know you have to go past this uh, mm. period and uh, for for these shoots for my two, two two films i i just there was you know i had to forget about the you know the uh the technical equipment i it's you i don't even pay attention to that anymore because uh, because it has to be integrated into your approach and then you know you have to focus on what you want to say and how to say it so when you say you forget about the technical equipment, is it is it because you're you're more focused on the story you're trying to tell, maybe like in in script writing and in emotion, um, but also the the way you shoot these films technically, and I think that the whatever you shot on for this film in particular, Sunset, there was like very little. Um, it was a lot of natural light, right? Yeah. I, and but a lot of lighting too. <laughs> a lot of the lighting too. Um, but it really supported the way that the film was told. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, for me, craft is very important. So I, I, I want to know more. I want to, you know, master the, the techniques and the, um, you know, what I want to know what kind of lens I want to use. Uh, it's 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 very important to know your tools, you know. But then you have to go past this you know uh um this level and and go and try to uh concentrate on what you want to convey to the audience it for me it's more about conveying um it's about giving a sense of the atmosphere uh, uh, of 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 the of the film it's it's it is it is a bad story obviously you have to keep an eye on that but i have to say the recent trend has been all about story, all about plot, mm-hmm. and I think we we cinema is much more than that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because you have made two period pieces now, um, and I feel like, in a way, just looking back on my own cinematic, uh, I guess tastes or whatever, um, 
most of the period pieces that I see are like heavily reliant on plot. But what I find very interesting about your films is that you're able to sort of modernize these period pieces and give them this level of intensity that like I haven't seen in a, a historical drama before. Yeah, it's probably because uh, people, when they um, you know approach uh, uh, history, they are um, they're not at ease with their historical background. You know, it's uh, it seems history is like going to another planet. You yeah. Know? And 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 when we are there, we have to show all the touristic attractions. You know, mm. you have to, in a way, uh, make a showcase of your uh, of your production value element. Mm-hmm. So let's show the, the coaches because we have them. So let's show you know, or or let's show more horses and <laughs> let's uh, build in CGI more roofs of that city that we're uh, about to. Uh, to show, but I think if you give, the more you want to give, the less you end up with. So, uh, so I really wanted to go back. But it has to be, I guess, with some kind of philosophy of my, you know, how I approach my films. But I wanted to go back, immerse the viewer in the experience of one person, is as if it was a travel in time. Mm-hmm. To uh, to to how, what was it like to be one person? In a hundred years ago, uh, and and I don't think that history works the way we, we we think it works. You know, we have the hindsight, we have the retrospect retrospective, you know, capacity. It's it's uh, we think we know more about you know First World War, Second World War, but uh, in fact we don't we don't know what the you know the atmosphere of the time uh, was, and 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 something that you really cannot. Uh, just list, you know. It's it's something that it's between the lines. So I really wanted to give an impression more than than a very you know uh, uh, very hard, um, uh, well defined uh, reality. Yeah, it's almost like you know I had this image while you're talking about like being at a museum and like looking at a painting in that era versus actually like entering the painting. And I think that's what you do so well. Um, is you really fully immerse the audience to like put them in the situation that these people might have been in yeah. rather than just like yeah. looking at a yeah and it's also has to, it also has to do with limitation you know uh, cinema uh, because of the optical qualities of cinema can give you a very large canvas but but I think it's for me it was more interesting to to really give a sense of the limitations. Uh, because uh, we are limited beings, although I know we have the 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 uh, the dream and uh, and maybe the illusion, the illusion to 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 be much more and know you know all the time a lot, and we you know internet helps us specifically yeah. in in having this kind of godlike you know point of view on the world. But I think on the contrary, we're very limited, and I wanted to give a sense of that fragmentation and 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 re- remind ourselves in a way that we are more limited and the journey is different you know what are some cinematic techniques that you used to sort of put the audience in her shoes well uh follow the main character you know uh having uh you know uh, building a sort of ever-evolving world a universe that's it's in constant motion it's dynamic you cannot always catch things as clearly as you would like to be or you're used to be in you know in films usually it's a sort of uh, um it, it, it's 
we are with the main character. We we are we accompany the main character, and I'm really interested in that. So it gives a lot of um, role to the and and importance to the to the background. It gives a lot of importance to the to the out of focus range. Uh, you you with your mind as a viewer, you're constantly trying to reconstruct the reality as it, as the main character is trying to reconstruct right. her reality. Yeah. I mean, I, I noticed like in the script and it's probably just because, you know, I, we had subtitles and yeah. I was reading a yeah. lot of it along, which was yeah. great, but a lot of the dialogue was mainly just questions yeah. and it, it really like served to help put us in your shoes. Um, because we were also asking the same questions as you were like yeah. throughout the entire film. Um, so I was wondering just like when, when you were acting, um, were you sort of pres- or aware of the fact that like maybe there were uh, there was this voyeuristic quality to the movie that like people will be watching you and coming along with you on this journey? I, I maybe that's a it's a hard question for me to form, but um, no, I, I think I yeah I, I get it yeah um, um of course we we went through the script a couple of times and we talked a lot about uh, Iris and I I've. I felt that I I always have to focus on on the given scene and nothing else uh, because because I wanted to feel uh, the surprise she felt uh, at that moment and um, and uh, I of course I, I I didn't think about the the future audience at that time but uh, but I always try to approach. Uh, Every scene and and every uh, encounter and everything with a with a fresh, fresh uh, with fresh eyes uh, and uh, and I of course I always felt the camera behind me or in front of me, yeah. but uh, but I I got used to it very quickly and uh, and uh, I had a feeling that I have a I have an invisible friend with me all the time and it yeah. it's, uh, it gave me. Mm, Safe safety. That is such an essential, I think, um, acting strategy, I guess. Uh, but it it really showed in this movie, where, like, in this movie in particular, the audience you didn't really didn't want the audience to like get ahead of the character, mm. um, and for you to come in and sort of, you know absolutely not know what was going to happen yourself and just sort of throw yourself into these situations. It was really like thrilling to watch. Um, I, I guess I would also ask, um, in terms of like preparation uh, for a historical drama like this, uh, what sort of research did you do, uh, both of you, um, to help create this world of 1910, 19, 1913? Uh, I get uh, a lot of, I, I receive a lot of materials from them, uh, re- research materials hist- about the history and etiquette and and these former things, but uh, interesting that, uh, um, as far as I remember, we never when we we talked a lot about Iris, of course, and uh, these conversations were never about the period and never about uh, how she could manage her things in 1913. It was about the person; they were about the person herself always, and and uh, it didn't make any difference. Uh, the age she lived in, and it's, it's for me. It was important to 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 approach her as a as a as a as a person, as a real person who I who I have to get close to. Um, so the the all the historical 
uh, or symbolical parts were came after it. Well, actually, uh, we um, she plays a milliner that's a hat maker in the film, and uh, I I asked all the girls who were you know, to take part in the in the film as hat makers to go on a on um you know. How do you call it? In a, into a camp of yeah, hat like makers. Yeah, hat making <laughs> safari yeah, or yeah, something. <laughs> exactly. So they, they learned how to make hats. And they, actually, they, they gave them, you know, this sort of um, possibility to, um, to, to, to experience that form of life or, or the attention to the details that the, these workers had and also to maybe to experience time in a different way as as opposed to now uh, a sort of um, a sort of you know immersing into a into a different universe and uh, and and I I always kept an, an eye regarding the actors as to where how they would behave you know the uh, try to filter out um, you know attitudes that were that seemed to me too modern uh, you know, to uh, to uh, you know, re- uh, you know, too much uh, like nowadays. Uh, you know the way they would you know just move, and it's it's a lot. When when I approach you know directing the actor, I I always tend to ask them to to remain very low key because uh, I'm also very interested in how in in a more subdued way how you express. Uh, yourself as an actor in a, in a, in a more economical way and not as opposed to being to uh, to you know to present a constant broad spectrum and I, I, I guess that's another tradition in cinema that's uh, that's maybe my very my in minority today but but that that is I think you you can give performance in a very in, in on a different level and uh, and when you you give when you pay attention to the way the actors move and the actors behave in a very physical way then then you you have to make the adjustments as as directors uh, and then if it, it gives an excellent framework you know for for the, for the actor so he he or she already knows what are the uh, you know in in a way the physical the physical uh, coordinates for them, and then the emotion kind of just comes out of that physical. Yeah, life. yeah. I think, and then you can trust, and obviously can make adjustments. But but it, it gives an excellent framework, and you don't have to. Um, well, I had to keep an eye on all of them, uh, but 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 that was a very essential part of my strategy, just to. You know, I would tell her, don't sit like that, and and I don't, you know, don't hold your hand like that, and and then obviously everything in a way fell into place. So then, in terms of production design and the the you know, the hat the the hat store, like how did you what resources did you draw from um, to create that stuff? Uh, we we researched the period very extensively. I had a, a research team, and um, and a lot of people were uh, put their efforts 
into into that uh, process you know uh, based on pictures on paintings on uh, you know advertisements of the period uh, all kinds of little details that gave us the possibility to, to recreate uh, a world in a believable way uh, it's we actually had found a vacant lot in Budapest uh, within the city and um, and we built into that on onto that vacant lot the the hat store. So it's actually a mixture of a stage and and of of real of a real city. Mm-hmm. And in a way, that's an interesting way of of mixing levels of uh, you know reality and and cinematic reality uh, in in a seamless way, I guess. And um, I'm I'm really we, we, you touched a little bit earlier on how like the camera movement um, really helped to like make things a little bit more intense. I think yeah. um, I'm just interested to hear what your storyboards look like. We cannot storyboard <laughs> uh, two minute uh, long shots uh, because it's just not possible. Yeah. So what we did is uh, we had uh, sort of blueprints of of each set, uh, and we would mark. Uh, character position and camera position, and then for every part of the scene, we would we we would mark those positions. So we we actually had an overview, uh, and then we entered this into a program so we could go through this you know through a scene in a way that the characters and the uh, the camera were visible as far as their positions uh, were concerned, and and my DOP was very keen. In, in in helping us define where the, where the camera would be and and this is an evo- an ever revolving camera with you know a lot of you know it's not like 30 degrees that we uh, you know that we show right. we actually cover you know 270 degrees or even more yeah. in 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 shots which is for you know cast cast and crew a great challenge uh, because that's n- usually not that's not the way you work, and for the DOP, it's a very special challenge because because we actually have to light things. Yeah. Obviously, we didn't use uh, in this film. We couldn't use uh, uh, the kind of lighting. It was more, um, you know, the kind of the kind of classical lighting. It was more. Um, but he, I wish he was here to, uh, yeah. to talk about it. But it was more uh, something that's um, that 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 covers important part of the of, of the scene. But it, we had to to play around to to hide the, the lights right. in in a very. It, so it, sometimes we would have a, a great source, you know, of light uh, floating in the night scenes that would give a sort of. Um, a sort of uniform light, but then you couldn't go as in film. You would go and shape very, you know, uh, uh, very, uh, very specific lightings because uh, because you cannot do it without uncovering your light. So it's it's a very uh, um, it, it 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 was interesting how how difficult that was for the crew, but also I think that was an opportunity and a great the ambitions of the film also gave them uh, courage. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess just to, to wrap things up here, um, I would ask both of you uh, to give uh, maybe a golden piece of advice uh, to uh, aspiring filmmakers who are trying to make, I guess, like unique visionary projects like this one. Um, and also for 
actresses and actors uh, who are trying to find projects like this that are just, like, I don't know, stunning, I guess. Well, I, th I think it's hard to to find these kind of projects. Uh, I suppose uh, you have to be found by them, but uh, but it's it's so good to work uh, work with someone who really knows what he wants to do, and um, and I think it's really important uh, uh, that uh, one should shouldn't ever let themselves be distracted uh, from from their very own ideas it's 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 I, I think it's important to follow follow our instincts and our our thoughts and um, and to to figure out real stories and uh, to create our own world that's that's the most we can do I second that <laughs> I have to say that uh, um, I think cinema today is at, well, at crossroads because there more and more uh, tendency to uh, to present stories that um, you know look more and more like each other, and and I think uh, th there's a great uh, trend to, st to to standardize uh, and and make everything more uniform. And uh, and if you want to make a difference, then you follow your your personal vision and make it visible. You know, it's not only enough to have a personal vision if it's not visible and it's not. There's no, def, you know, style. I know. I I knew. You know, when I when I started, I said to myself, and it, I remembered the moment. I I want to make films, but I don't have style. You know, I don't know how to. You know how do, how does it grow? You know how does it happen? Well, you have to inspire yourself. You have to, you know, see paintings, see films, uh, see uh, photographs. Uh, you know, see things that are art or architecture, and try to have your own opinion on that on them. It's not. It doesn't come to you as. Um, you know, in, in 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 as in enlightening, you know, it just it's a process. And what I think is very dangerous today is that we tell you know emerging people, uh, maybe at film schools, that uh, that they are they have to start from scratch and they are you know the alpha and omega of creation actually it's not true it's uh, there has been there have been trends and you have to follow your own school in a way of of of, of things that have been done and and in question the existing language of cinema it's it's not cinema is about the adventure of it it's not it's not do the same film if your film looks like an, any other it's not normal you're not making cinema you're making content mm. that's great advice i guess uh, one last follow up question would be like when you're watching films um, and you're looking for inspiration, what are things that sort of jump out to you um, that help you develop a style uh, for your next project? Or is it a, like a case-by-case -case basis? I mean, it's just about contemplation. If you take the time to, uh, to, to let things go all the way to your, to your mind, I guess, uh, you know, when it starts touching something in you, then there's something is being moved and it becomes dynamic and maybe two years later you have an idea mm. you know I, I mean when when I made Son of Saw I I knew I wanted to make a film about the Holocaust I just didn't know how to do it right. you know and it had to be a specific story but it had to be specific in style 
and and it had to take years so it takes years so it's have the the patience yeah you know sometimes it takes 15 years and uh and it's worth it and it's much better if you do it then because everything is now pushing you as filmmakers to to make films very fast but i don't believe in that i mean it takes time yeah i think that you hit on something so important when you said you know don't watch movies and try to replicate something that's popular watch movies and try to replicate something that you like um or something that inspires you exactly great thanks guys thanks 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 for listening if you like what you heard please subscribe and rate the no film school podcast on whatever podcast platform you're using i'm john fusco you can follow me on twitter at jim underscore john underscore jim and you can follow no film school at no film school stay tuned every thursday for indie film weekly and that's when i'll see you next thanks